Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Hello, Lisa Rubin. Hello, Katie. I had someone tell me that we don't really have to number our podcasts because guess why? I don't know what you're going to say because I would like them numbered. Of course you would. (laughs) People don't have to listen to them in a series. But if anyone is keeping count, and for you, my dear friend, this is number five. Yes, it is. It's a heavy discussion on the psychology of dress. Yeah, I think it's a really, really important one. And it's actually one that I think we could devote an entire season to because there's so many different aspects. Hopefully today we can touch on four or five of how the psychology of dress impacts us every day. I thought of this this morning as I got up and got dressed. I got dressed as if I was going out. I'm right? so proud of you. You look very pretty. Thank you so much. I love Even the shoes. shoes. The shoes matched your outfit too. I put the shoes on just and honest to God, it just, it really does give you a good feeling, even though you're going nowhere. The other thing, Katie, that I'm going to say on this podcast that I did say to you before we got on is you adjusted your bra straps and I, am, <laughs> I approve of how your clothes look on you. I have to say, for those that have listened to past ones, and if you haven't, we did a great series on undergarments. Our dear friend Anne Marie said, do not let Lisa near my bra straps. (laughs) That's sometimes what we don't get to know. We sure would love the feedback. We've gotten some very, very nice feedback on Apple Podcast. And personally, we've both gotten feedback, which is always lovely. And we are strong enough, and we're big girls Well, you're a tiny girl. I'm a big girl. But in any case, we absolutely can take criticisms or suggestions. If there's things you want to hear, please reach out to us. Lisa, you are at Lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. And I'm Katie at katieharms.com. Pretty easy. Also, we have our website, theviewinyourmirror.com. Please go there. Now we're going to get into this topic. When we were researching or talking about this, you did most of the research. And actually, this is so much about who you are and why you even have your business. So I asked you, give me four things. As you said, we could do a season. Let's try to focus on before the break, two things. Okay. What would the number one thing in the psychology of dress lead you to think about? I don't know if there's a number one thing. The psychology of dress impacts how we think, our behavior, our mood, how we are perceived by others. In order for me to talk about the psychology of dress, people have to understand that when you get up and you get dressed as we titled our podcast, The View in Your Mirror, what you put on your body for that day will help you decide how you're going to be for the day. Does that make sense, Katie? It totally makes sense. So number one, what I'm gathering out of that too, is you need to spend time, whatever that time is, thinking about what you've got going on for that day and how you want to present in that day. So what you have on helps you psychologically be the best you can be. Right. Let's talk about one little big but small piece, color. The colors that you're wearing for the day represent so many things. I always tell people that are going to go do presentations or going to be on stage or going to be now doing, let's say, webinars, don't ever wear brown. Brown is not a powerful color. 
So you're talking about a brown suit, a brown jacket, a brown dress. A brown dress. dress, a brown turtleneck, a brown blouse. It doesn't represent power. It doesn't represent confidence. It's a softer color. It's a duller color. It can put people in more of a somber mood. And studies have shown this. If people want to Google it, they'll see that brown is one of those colors. Navy and black, as you know, represents power. Generally, you're going to see a man who's presenting in a navy, gray, or black suit, probably a red tie. Red is another color that represents a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So navy and black are power colors. Let's talk about bright colors. If you're having a somber day, a bad day, you're in a bad mood, I would suggest that you go and put on a bright colored top. It will help you immediately with how you feel. I suppose if I'm going to go pull out something that I just love, I feel great in, I'm going to just automatically present better because I feel great in it. Right. What I have noticed is that everybody has a favorite color. And when I am helping somebody for the first time, one of the key questions I ask them is, do you have a favorite color? I usually know the answer to that when I look in their closet and see their clothes, because if they have a favorite color, you see that color represented throughout their closet. That is the color that makes them feel the best. So you want to incorporate that as much as possible. So you want to incorporate that as much as possible. So Lisa, I've seen evidence that this is still happening. Somebody does your color chart. Is that just one piece of the puzzle? It can be. I'm not a big fan of color charts. I will never do a color chart for a client. There are so many different variations. Eye color, you have different hair color. What kind of makeup do you wear? That it's a conversation that you need to have and put some colors up and say, you know, I really don't feel good in those colors. So it's not just the look of it. It's deeper than just holding up a swatch and saying, oh yeah, this works great with your skin tone. <laughs> yes. I got a text from a client. I had sent her a bunch of pictures of some clothing that I thought she should take a look at. Her answer to me was, I don't like that color. It doesn't make me feel good. My answer back to her is, then it's out. It doesn't come in another color. We don't have to talk about it anymore. You're not going to say, but it fits in your color chart. <laughs> I'm not going to say, but it fits in your yeah. color chart. Because, again, back to the original reason why we're having this episode is yes. in the psychology of dress. The psychology of dress, which color is a huge piece of that, is so important in how do you feel in the colors. So impactful. Think about this. Generally, when you're going on vacation, you're packing bright colors because bright colors make you happy. Very. Love it. Psychology of color. Take pink. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes, it is. And women that wear pink who are breast cancer survivors, they are so proud, proud. That's to what wear that color. Mm -hmm. And that pink has been around for ages and ages and ages. There was a psychology behind that color. And picking that color. And now women who wear that color and wear a pink hat and wear pink tennis shoes, they're proud to wear that. I love that. And let's take a little break. We'll come back and talk more. Sounds good. Hi there. Several years ago, a conversation sparked an idea which launched a plan. And now here we are. Lisa and my collective desire with this podcast is to inform listeners and open eyes to the importance of well-designed spaces and well-thought-out wardrobes, no matter the size or budget. We feel strongly that both lead to success in all aspects of life. Lisa, having been content to work behind the scenes, is emerging to share her well-honed expertise. Her clients see her as a secret weapon in their success, and now we too can benefit from Lisa's no-nonsense approach. 
I, on the other hand, have always been a bit more, well, out there in my endeavors, yet my work in space planning is very personal to each client. I guess we could say that I'm coming from space to share strategies for efficient use of yours. Perhaps this is our legacy or simply that we really enjoy conversing and sharing some light moments in what can be a very heavy world. Whatever the case, we are thrilled that you have joined us and hope you find some gems along the way. To learn more about Lisa, go to wardrobeconsulting.net and for me, go to katieharms.com. Here's to your success, your beautiful view in your mirror, and thanks for listening. Now back to the conversation. We are back. And one thing that I was thinking about as we were on break is there's such a psychology when you go into someone's closet and you're helping them. And truly, we've talked about the fact that the psychology of clothing affects every part of your life. When you go into that closet, do you get a feel for someone of how organized they are based on that closet, how it's set up? Yes, I do. Definitely. When I can go into a well-organized closet, and Katie, you can address all of those kinds of things, I get a feel for really the mood and how they place themselves in their day. And their priority they put into it. And the priority they put into it. I'm all about efficiencies. And there's a lot of areas that I'm not organized, but my spaces are pretty darn on point because it's what I live. But I truly believe that whether you're working remotely, whether you're going into an office, whatever is happening in your day, if you can walk into a well-organized space, it starts your day right. And psychologically, if you can get at your clothing, if all the clothing that's in there fits you, think of the time it saves, which psychologically helps you as well. Absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of people that currently don't have beautiful big closets They live in older homes, smaller closets. But Katie, you can address the fact that there's just little things that you can do. So when someone opens up their door ready to get ready, they don't see the pile on the floor. Right. And then they pull from that pile on the floor. Exactly. And does this take some time to think it through? And this is not rocket science. This is getting organized. And that requires time. Even if I do it or have people in that are going to remodel the closet, you still have to take everything out in order to put it back in. You will find that things go back in in a more organized manner. So you've, you've accomplished that. You can do that on your own without spending a dime. You're spending time. That's a gift you're giving to yourself because it's going to help you save time every day after that if you can keep it organized. And maybe you do it a couple times a year. Maybe you do it when you change out your wardrobes because... If your space is not that big, maybe you've got clothes going in a a closet somewhere else, and that's a perfect time to do it. What's the best tip you have for someone when they open up the door to their closet? What should they be looking at first? Is it the color or should it be the pieces? What do you feel is the best thing psychologically that helps someone pick out their clothes? Well, depending on the size of the closet, that can go a number of different ways. Let's say it's a small closet. Let's say it's got a single door or a double door that opens so it's a wall closet. Within that real estate that is right in the center, you should be able to get at predominantly what you wear in any given day. So whether you've got shelves in the center with some sweaters or your baskets with your bras so that you can dress out of that center part that you can see everything, you can get at it, you can reach the hangers. Remember, hang your skirts and pants on the top so it gives you a little bit more space on that shelf below. I would say 25% of the things you wear all the time should be able to be seen right there in that closet. I agree with that. And that's something that I actually will talk about with people 
if they do ask me some questions, I don't ever organize anyone's closet. But if they ask that question, that is one of the things I actually say too. Fantastic. We're on the same page as usual. Okay, getting back to the psychology, you told me something that really resonated and I want to talk more about it. Trends and fashions come from what is happening in the world today, particularly, which in turn, the psychology behind it drives our decisions in what we wear. Yeah, it's a big one. Well, let's go backwards and then and then let's gonna, talk I'm about what's just, coming in the future. I'm just going to give a couple of fun examples. Audrey Hepburn is one of my heroes, one of my favorites, uh, the elegance and everything that she brings. Uh, it just puts me in my happy place. But let's talk about what she did back when she was wearing the clothes she was wearing and the representation she made, even though she was an actress and did all those things, those same trends and fashions are still very dominant in how designers today plan their collections. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you know, one of my favorite shows so I far. watch it for the clothing. The clothing, it, it just... I, I don't even, I can't even tell you. It, it gets me so excited. It gives me goosebumps. And the way the women dressed back in the 50s with their cinched in waist, and they were all feminine, and they were all ladies, and they carried their small little handbags, even though there was no reason to carry a handbag, but maybe to put a little tissue in. It was a trend of the times. And we can go into a lot of the trends of the times in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. We're not going to really talk about that now. We don't have time. But it's so important to realize that what is happening in the world at the time sets us up for the fashion and trends of what we're going to see moving forward. So what are we going to see moving forward? I have no magic ball. Neither does anyone else. (laughs) Well, what are you starting to see? Interestingly, I'm starting to see a lot of ads from companies that have a work from a home line, something to that effect, whether it's just marketing, but you would think that that's probably a little bit more casual, but I, in some ways, don't you think we're going to go away from that? I mean, like I've got this entire wardrobe that's sitting there that how can I incorporate this when I go to Target? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) I'm not sure how I'm going to respond to that, (laughs) but let's talk from a professional standpoint. I've given this a lot of thought And I've talked to several professional clients and asked their opinion on that exact thing. And I really believe that in the next one to five years, when people can start going back to the office, start traveling, start being in meetings, start being in the boardroom, start actually being in the courtroom, they are going to be dressed to the nines. Women like to dress up. A lot of people say, oh, I just love being in my sweats. Well, they're going to be in their sweats and their comfy clothes for at least another six to nine months, right? They're going to be so done with that. I, I think that's exactly where I'm at. And, and they're going to want to put their shoes on. They're going to want to go and put their suit on. They're going to want to go put that great dress on that made them feel so good. In fact, I've talked to a couple of my clients and I said, put your dress on. Well, I don't want to sit at my chair all day with my dress on. Okay, well, just try it because you might feel better. I really believe that we're going to get dressed up again. I actually hope so. I do too. I think people are in a really funky mind state right now. Their mood is very somber, scared, frustrated. I know that all sounds negative, but it is what it is. And so I just feel that if they just shift what they're wearing, it might help just a little bit. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So much more we could talk about, but we are coming down to the clock and we really want to get to, you mentioned it earlier, October 
is Cancer Awareness Month. And we have picked a nonprofit called Cancer Legal Care. It's cancerlegalcare.org. This is in Minnesota. We're going to talk about the Minnesota one, but outside Minnesota, I think it's important to note there is a national organization. So if you're listening to this and you're in another state and you're affected by cancer, go to nclsn.org for National Cancer Legal Services organization. So nclsn.org. And in Minnesota, it's cancerlegalcare.org. And what this organization does, there are 30,000 cases of cancer diagnosed in Minnesota each year and 9,100 people die. We're just talking Minnesota. We have 263,000 plus survivors. And you think about what they've gone through. You think about what has happened to them financially. The financial toxicity remains the driving force for clients who need legal care for three reasons. One, they have no financial ability to pay for lawyers' help, especially when you're thinking about estate and end-of-life planning. And those are real things people have to think about. Secondly, an attorney can assess uh, turning financial freefalls as a result of cancer around. Helping to preserve employment, for one, is a big one, or securing disability benefits. And then lastly, what we'll talk about, and there's a lot more information on their website, sometimes legal care makes medical care possible by overturning wrongful insurance coverage denials or navigating immigration laws. So let's just say a relative needs to come into the country to give a bone marrow, for example, to save someone's life. 42% of cancer patients deplete their life savings in less than two years. Wow. And cancer patients are two and a half times more likely to declare bankruptcy. So this organization really gets to the meat and potatoes of what people need. Had you even thought about all of these things when when our friends are fighting cancer? No, I I hadn't. And I was also researching it and I thought, wow, what an important organization that I did not even know exists. Neither did I. So happy to know about them and to spotlight them. They will be up on our website as are all of our past spotlights and all of our episodes. And we are at theviewinyourmirror.com. Again, please reach out, contact Lisa at Lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net or Katie at katieharms.com. We thank you for joining us today. And we know that the next time you look in the mirror, the view in your mirror will be exceptional. 